overcome the most powerful late models on the planet, the world of outlaws. Welcome, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode two of Stick Signals, the official podcast of the World of Outlaws, Morton Building's late model series, and dirt car racing. I am your host, Ruben Morales, and I am joined by my co-host, Mick, which we'll talk to you in just a little bit, but we do want to remind you guys, this is the official podcast of the Outlaws, and stay tuned. Episode three, our first Outlaw driver, will be on Stick Signals. Either way, let's welcome in my co-host, Mick. Mick, how are you doing? What's going on, Ruben? I'm doing quite well. It's nice and sunny, uh, still a little chilly, but can't complain. Yeah, exactly. The weather's getting better, and hey, race day for the Outlaws is getting closer. I cannot wait. But hey, we had some very exciting racing this past weekend, Mick. The the Dryden Extreme Dirt Car Series kicked off, and a lot of good things there. Give me a good Mick nugget that you got from a uh, the extreme series this past weekend. Uh, honestly, I was just blown away by Stuart Friesen. Like dude goes down and runs at the truck race down there in Daytona on the road course. Yeah. Next day he shows up and uh, finishes fifth. And then Saturday or Sunday at, at Cherokee, he goes from eight, what 16th to fifth. So, I mean, the guy five times super dirt week ch- champion. And I, I know he's not a frequent guest in our late models, but what a what a pleasure to have him around and watch him work his magic. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I just feel that the competition was lucky to say the least at dirt car yeah. nationals because he won the first two nights and then he had to leave for nascar but hey nonetheless everyone else put on a good show but yeah Stuart friesen is absolutely hot this year but um some dynamite fees facts that i got actually uh ross bales this past weekend ross bales hops into a billy hicks owned 79 car and wins first night out in that car he, obviously he drives for big frog with the outlaws in the 58 car but goes in that billy hicks machine and wins and then uh, has a good run uh, the second night at Cherokee as well. So how about Ross Bales? And the one quote that I want to mention that he said in his interview with Rick at Victory Lane was, man, I am so happy to see this red clay again. And yeah. that makes me excited <laughs> because I can't wait to see Ross Bales March 26th and 27th with the Outlaws at Cherokee. You know, he's the only outlaw to have a win coming into the season. Right. From the rookie class, and that was a Cherokee. So after seeing his impressive run, I mean, what's your thoughts? I mean, does Ross Bales win a feature this year? I say yes. Oh, I think I think for sure he does. I mean, just watching the way that he worked traffic there uh, at Lakeview, um, I mean, he picked his moment to pass him. Obviously, they got in a little bit of trouble there with 15 to go. Uh, car spun out, and both, both uh, Nance and Bales got turned. But, I mean, he's just a smart driver. He, he plays his cards well, and, and that's what the recipe for success is with the Outlaws. So Yes, Ross Bales is currently second in the rookie points for the World of Outlaws Morton Building's Lake Model Series. He is 10th overall points. Uh, other than that, let's talk about uh, Chris Madden. Chris Madden obviously came into the weekend with a 17-point lead. Well, now he exits the weekend with another win for repeat winner with the series at Cherokee and uh, he now has a 25 point lead over Strickler going into Modoc this Saturday Nick. yeah I mean that was kind of the Chris Madden show he, he does what he does best he just he got out there and he, he worked lap traffic and and led rag to rag I mean not to mention that was his home state that's the first time he raced in his home state this year the the hype was real for Chris Madden you can tell Chris was excited to go back to South Carolina mm-hmm. race in South Carolina and uh, he, he he got it done for his hometown uh, it's going to be interesting to see him with the outlaws at Cherokee how we mentioned coming up March 26th and 27th tire wear was a big thing Mick uh, one thing out of Cherokee is tire wear it's going to be very interesting with a very interesting format that we're going to run coming up with the outlaws uh, here 
in March. All right. Other than that, let's go ahead and uh, talk about Bristol here, Mick. I know you have some very cool news on that. Yeah, man, that's right. We've got other than just the outlaws who we can assume has, have been invited, right? Um, Brandon Overton, Bobby Pierce, Jonathan Davenport, Ricky Thornton Jr. and Rick Eckert are all confirmed entries for the invite only Bristol Bash here coming up. And it's going to be an all-star field of, of drivers. I actually saw where, where the Lucas event has been postponed so that more guys can come and run with us uh, make them eligible i think it's really going to be sort of a uh, an all-star race so to say i mean definitely i mean the the the, you know the last greatest coliseum standing bristol motor speedway with dirt since 2001 it's been 20 years i mean for we don't know if it's going to have dirt next year this is going to be a big thing and you know with lucas doing that it's going to bring the best of the business here uh, April 8th, 9th, and 10th with the World of Outlaws at Bristol. I mean, it's going to be hammered down, and it's going to be fun with all the talent now showing up. As it is, the Outlaws are tough, but now you're adding more talent to, to the roster. This is going to be absolutely dynamite at Bristol. You don't want to miss it. If you can't be there, hey, Dirt Vision presented by Dryden. Get that subscription now, and you can watch every lap live. Right, and Bristol's just such a special place. If, if you haven't been to Bristol, man, like just – Walking into the place and and sitting there and looking down at the track the way you do. I've been there a lot of times racing asphalt cars, man. And to see dirt cars, I I don't know that I've ever been as excited for a racing event like I am for this one. This is going to be really cool. Oh, this is going to be phenomenal. I mean, just looking at pictures of the facility, the way, you know, they, they built, you know, putting the dirt on it day after day and just the hype is getting real. And I can't wait to just, you know, go in there and just look up and just see grandstands and just keep looking up and there's a press box. Like this place is just massive. You know what you're going to need, though, when you get there to Bristol, Reuben, you're going to have to be well groomed and trimmed below the belt. That, yeah, because these guys are going to have to bring their wheelbarrows with them. And a Manscape, the official sponsor of Stick Signals is our good friends at Manscape, who is the best men's below the waist grooming. Manscape offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for you listeners right now. 20% off plus free shipping with code STICKSIGNALS, capital S on sticks and signals at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Well, Mick, you uh, got the... uh, Luxury to sit down with Steve Arpin and the Magic Man Mike McKinney for episode two. Right, uh, you were you were preoccupied in your race day duties, so I took them into the Victory Lane Club, which is a very exclusive place there at Volusia Speedway, and we sat down for a pretty fun interview. Um, Arpin is an interesting guy, and what those guys at Low and Bro are doing is pretty fun. So let's get right into it. All right, we're here with Steve Arpin and Mike McKinney, both the uh, two of the Low and Bro. Is that how you pronounce it? Lowenbro? Lowenbro, yeah. I keep hearing Lowenbro and it makes me think of, of the, the beer? beer. Yeah, yeah. Well, we do drink a lot of beer too, but that's not us. We, <laughs> we stick with the Bud Lights and everything. But yeah, the Lowenbro Motorsports is our right, race team. Right. You guys have had a pretty successful speed weeks down here. You won the feature last night. Um, how are you guys feeling about coming down here? Honestly, it's been incredible. It's uh, It's been a long time since I've been here and able to compete with these guys. And 
honestly, it, the game has changed so much. So to be able to partner up with Longhorn, put these packages together, and just get such quality drivers in our cars like Tyler Nicely, Mike McKinney, Brendan Green, and everyone we have over there, it's just been it's been a thrill just watching these guys go. And I've got to learn from them all the nights this week. It's been it's been nice because of all the uh, of all the cars we have here, it's kind of like if you want to call me the house car, if you want to call it that, I've been running the worst. So yeah. <laughs> to see all of our guys so competitive and so strong. And, and and they're all doing little different things on their own. Like Nicely has his little package. Mike's just a wheel man that gets up on the wheel and slinging around the cushion no matter what. And he's got his little package. So it's uh, it's pretty cool to see it all unfold. Right. Mike, you're down here with just your dad. You and your dad are crewing it. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, that's how it's always been since I was racing street socks in 2010. So it's uh, this is definitely a, a long week to just have one guy with you, you know, but that's, uh, that's how we've always done it. That's uh, kind of what I'm used to. And. Uh, you know, truthfully, that's, that's how I like it. You know, it's, uh, I don't really like having a whole lot of people around. I know, uh, you know, if I don't do something that he's got to do it and, and vice versa. So we have, uh, have our trust in each other and, uh, yeah, I know it's been a good week. This is my, uh, third year down here for speed weeks. And, uh, this has definitely been my, my best year yet. You know, I'm, uh, we've been in the top 10 every single night and, uh, got on the podium twice with a second and a third, but, uh, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I'm really hard on myself and, uh, you know, I want to come down here and win. So, um, you know, it's probably been a really good week compared to, you know, 90 other guys, you know, that came down this week, but, um, yeah, you know, it's been, uh, been a little different, you know, coming down here, debuting a brand new chassis that, you know, I've been in one chassis brand my, my whole mod career now. So I'm um, getting used to that and dialing in it, but it's been uh, really good. And it's uh, provided my, you know, my best results so far and just, uh, got one more shot at tonight to, to get that Gator. Right. Now, Steve, you, you, you know, had five consecutive wins, which is, which is tied for a record that you, sh- that you still share down here in, in 2007, you had some injuries, stepped away, went stock car racing for a little bit. And then you got into rally racing. Was was that sort of a natural fit for you because it was because of the surface or how did <laughs> no. that happen? The only time I started doing good in rallycross racing was when I tried to forget everything I thought I ever knew about racing. So going to an all-wheel drive car, turbo, the analog system and everything, those things are just so completely different. And the other side of that is the surfaces you run on there. It's more of a more of a gravel surface than a, than a properly prepared dirt track like we're on here. So there's a, there's absolutely no comparison. I think next year we're talking about this next year. We're going to have to bring our rally cross car down here and go and do a little, a little shootout to see, yeah, yeah, see yeah. what can get around this track faster and all wheel drive rally cross car. Would be, first of all, amazing content. And we got to make a jump in the middle just to get it off the ground. And do yeah, something we, We've had that hole in turn one all week. So that yeah, it's already there. We could so. launch through that with a rally cross car, but no, it's a, uh, it, the rally cross racing is a complete different discipline. It's all, all your habits that, that you've learned over the years. You just kind of take them and throw them out the window. The biggest thing that applies to it is just the racecraft side of it and learning how to race in traffic and, and dealing with people. So, right. So do you feel like kind of like you're coming back home? Is this more home to you than the other stuff or is this kind well, of the, fun? The first few days this week, that home seemed a long ways away. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, I felt like fish out of water. Um, honestly, we went testing and I felt really good testing. And I told my wife, it's like, God, like if I, I think we're fast and if we're not fast, those guys can just have it. Cause I don't know if I want to go much faster, right. but uh, these cars, the, what they're, what they're doing with these cars now, the amount of grip and traction they're able to get out of these cars. The, the Mike and I are both on a Bilstein shop package and and it's amazing how the biggest thing that we've done this week is just working directly with Bilstein and telling him exactly what I'm feeling in the car what it's doing and what I'm looking for and and how they're able to adjust what a car does with the with the technology that's available to us these days it's a complete different 
ball game compared to where we were at a, a I, guess, I didn't realize it until we were in victory lane last night. It was 14 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm the old guy now. So, but yeah, just a, it's a completely different ball game than it used to be. So right. learning all over a little bit. It's kind of interesting that the shocks have come, you know, I, I come from a stock car background. I worked in NASCAR for a while as an undercar mechanic. And so to see like, that sort of shock technology come into dirt racing and the effect that it's having over here is, is kind of interesting to me. Um, do you think that that's helpful for the sport? Does it raise costs or, or is it just is what it is? Yeah, it's one of those things where where the technology is out there and it is available and it's a fine line. It obviously raises costs, right? Right. But if you if you're going to try and police it any more than they are now, I think the guys with the bigger budgets will find ways to to kind of get around the rules by spending more money. That'll put them that much more ahead of the guys that don't have the budget. So I think it's at a good place right now from balance what they're allowing, what they're not, and all these shock manufacturers are are are, are each individual stepping up their game and and raising the bar each and every time we're on the track and like from from a shock standpoint we're going through the cost and, and building these cars out it's like one shock mm-hmm. on one corner is what all four of my shocks yeah. used to be back in the yeah. day so it's uh you're definitely a lot more cautious when you're sticking your nose in somewhere or something you don't want to don't want to tear these things up right and, and the shock gets bent then you're done with it um mike what are your plans for the year yeah i don't know we've always uh kind of taken it week by week and uh you know just you know i, I enjoy racing every weekend because it's better than sitting in the house you know but it seems like you know the last two out of the last three years we kind of get tied up in the in the national point deal you know we've uh finished second in 2018 and i kind of scaled back in 19 and i finished second again uh, this past year in 2020 so yeah it seems like we kind of just just go race just a race every year then you know come september like dang you know we're sitting you know we're up there in national points and that right. deals that deal pays twenty thousand win you know so you kind of dumb not to go after it but uh you know it seems like we're always racing 60 70 nights a year um you know we we chase the summer nationals uh you know pretty heavy throughout the summer and we really try and support all, all the biggest events that that dirt car has offers you know with, with the winter nationals uh you know speed weeks here summer nationals fall nationals at the end of the year we really enjoy uh supporting ump and all their big events throughout the year and uh yeah there's a we race a, a lot of really good uh, local tracks back home in illinois and you know try and hit all the the big money shows and uh you know i'd, I'd really love to win a national title right. uh, we've been close two years like i've said but it's uh it's takes a toll on you for sure so there's years i sit back and say you know i just want to go race when i want to go have some fun but uh you know I'm hoping that we're, you know, we're tied up in that national point chase again. I'd, uh, I really like to check that off the list. Yeah. Speaking of points, uh, Mike and Steve, I kind of wanted to bring up a cool point here as of today after well, what would have been, I believe it's uh, 13 to 14, uh, Florida modified events, which covers all of East Bay and, and North Florida. Of course, uh, Mike, you were the only one that was able to make it to, you know, the North Florida deal, but, um, you know, as it sits right now, the dirt car nationals points, I count almost all of you in the top 15 cars. Uh, are, are in the top 15 in points. You're all in there. So all the low and bro chassis are in here. I mean, Steve, you so said got half the top 15. Yeah. So basically, I mean, so you've got um, Tyler is leading with at second right now. And this is with one event to go. So Tyler's in second right now. Steve, you're third. Mike, you're fifth. Um, you have to go all the way down to 10th to find Nick Allen. Um, and then or where's Brandon Green at? Brandon Green, has, he's falling back a little bit, um, 27th. But, I mean, most of, I mean, the top 15 of those cars right there, I mean, you said it yourself in Victory Lane last night. I mean, the, 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 the so many of your customers kind of come out here and and put on a show, you know, like this and be so competitive, consistently competitive. I mean, that's, it's quite an accomplishment in, in your first, like, full march out to the track with all of you. 
Yeah, honestly, from the get go, one of my biggest pet peeves growing up was if someone if I'm if I'm saying what I'm kind of feeling in a car and somebody says, well, like in, in this instance, well, well, Strickler can do it. Strickler can order that. Why can't you? And I told my guys uh, when we first started this deal, all of our employees, it's like the the one thing that will guarantee you a trip out the door and never coming back is if you ever say to a customer, well, Strickler can do it or Mike can do it. It's like. Every driver has their own unique feel. Every driver has their own package that they need to suit them. And it's our job as a chassis builder to, to build a neutral enough package so that no matter where we show up, we can be, we can be competitive. And then what we need to do as, as a support mechanism for them is help them tune that car in to, so they can be competitive for exactly the field that they're looking for. And I, I think, I, I think it's, it's starting pretty good. Like we've got what, six, seven cars here. And every one of them's on on a different deal. Strickler's on God knows what. He just throws <laughs> stuff at it, and that man is just such a machine the, that the KS8 special, right there. Yeah, yeah, like he he he. We that's by all means a development car because it never goes out the same twice, and he just manages to make it go fast regardless of what he does. So he's just uh, he's just Strickler. We'll just call him that. Just a phenomenal driver, an incredible driver, and but it's it's really exciting to see everyone else and like guys like Mike and Tyler and all them they're they're gonna go out and they're gonna go fast right like i'm fortunate to have them in, in one of our cars but at the same token if mike was in the elite he'd be running good here too they're a good car and same with the lethal right so we're fortunate to have good drivers that have put their trust and their faith in us and their race programs to come out here and help represent our brand right what are your your plans, Steve? You planning on running a little more? We just got to Volusia, but right, right. Like, <laughs> you should have seen the shop the yeah. other week. I promise. <laughs> it was a disaster. I think we worked something like ninety hours in the week coming here. Um, we're gonna come tomorrow. I'm going home tomorrow morning. We're gonna give the guys the rest of the week off and, and regroup next week. We're gonna race Bristol for sure. And my biggest thing is I wanna I wanna. We're, this is this is our first week out. So this is our first week of really collecting data, collecting information. And like I said it last night in, in Victory Lane, it's like I think the only thing I'm more excited about than winning this race tonight is next year we come back, this is going to be a different story. Right. And we, we prove that we can be competitive and everything with basically no preparation. And we're going to learn a lot throughout the year this year. We're going to spend a lot of time testing. Um, a lot of time racing when, when it makes sense. But the biggest thing is when we start putting out our 2022 cars, I want them to be a, a significant step ahead of what we currently have with our 2021 cars. Right. Uh, you want to do any sponsor shout outs? Honestly, my, my big deal this year is Hemfusion, Fusion. And thank God I had them on board this week because this has been the absolute most stressful week of my life trying to figure out how to drive these things. Uh, it's, a, it's a different ballgame coming here as a, as a chassis builder and having to, to support all of our customers and everything. We've got trying to do our program. We've got people coming in the trailer constantly and just having Hemfusion Fusion products to, to help me stay focused, help me stay calm and everything. It's, it's been a huge difference. And then the other side of it is the poor Roger Bilstein, that guy has seen me so much this week. It's like, how about just a little bit more of this and a little bit of this? Right. And they're able to tweak those shock packages so much to 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 fit what we're doing. And the patience they've had with me is remarkable. And just so grateful that they 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 chose me to 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 work on this program with. Right, Mike. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I just got to thank you know Steve and uh, you know the Leach family with with Lone Bro Motorsports for for putting all this together. Um, you know, they've they've kind of taken me in here and uh, you know 
giving me a whole lot of support and which is what I was looking for. You know, I've like I said I did some before for my, my whole mod career and this is really a, a big change for me that kinda kinda you know, it was a big deal in everybody else's eyes, you know, for you know, a guy that wins twenty races a year to, to go and do this. But um, you know, his support Steve's doing a lot for me on, on the off track side as well. <laughs> don't mind what that picture is uh but you know steve's uh you know he's really good on the business side of the sport which is something i uh you know i highly value which i feel a lot of people don't it's uh something i really care about so he, he's doing a really good job with that all his guys back at the shop uh you know shaggy carl austin andrew all those guys over there man they've uh they've really got so many resources or resources over there that i'm really uh, you know looking forward to, to being involved in um, you know, Bill Stein shocks, like Steve said, I've ran one shock brand my entire career. I started racing a street sock since 2010 and I've had a Bill Stein shock bolted on my car every single year. So, uh, you know, Aaron, Morey, uh, Roger, Jim Highland, um, uh, Kevin Rumley, uh, you know, those guys treat me really, really well. Um, you know, I got, I got a bunch of support back home as well. Uh, Poe Joy Plumbing, CR Tony Recovery, uh, Superior Systems Supply, all of our product support, man. They've uh, really been with me a really long time and just uh, come out here and uh, hope to do them all proud. Awesome. Well, thanks for stopping guy, uh, by, guys, and uh, good luck on the rest of the year. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. I was super impressed with what the Lowen Bro guys got going on. I don't know if you got a chance to see their little work setup, but I mean, it was like the paddock of an IMSA race or something. Yeah, it really was. But the way those guys set everything up, like, it's just, it's impressive. I like their approach to business and and the way that they're taking what is already a, a, a proven chassis, the Longhorn, and then kind of putting their own touch on it. And uh, the performance is already starting to percolate to the top there. Yeah, it is. Mike McKinney made that transition from Elite to Longhorn by Lowen Bro uh, this offseason. And Mike obviously uh, did really well, finished really well at Volusia, was up front a lot. And Mike uh, just couldn't get that first gator. But I, I know Mike is going to run really well during the Dirt Car Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals. And I was talking to Steve and I told him, Mick, hey, are we going to see you at all this summer? Like, this is the first time I'd ever seen him down at DCN. And uh, yeah, he said, send me the schedule. So I messaged him to schedule and we can't wait. Tuesday, June 15th. Brownstown Speedway in Indiana. Get ready. That's when the season starts for the Dirt Car Summer Nationals and the Dirt Car Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals. And these guys are going to go at it. Yeah, they are. And, you know, Steve has raced so many different vehicles coming from Rallycross and the NASCAR and everything else. It's just kind of fun to have him back in mods and, and that personality. And he's an enjoyable guy to be around, man. He's fun. So. Yeah, they're really fun people. Uh, Mick, some housekeeping notes real quick as we get set to wrap up episode two of Stick Signals presented by Manscaped. Of course, don't forget our good friends there. Uh, real quick, race fans, next uh, episode. Episode three, our first World of Outlaw driver is going to be on the podcast. And again, we want to remind you guys, this is a podcast for the outlaws and dirt car racing. So that's why we brought in some dirt car guys. Now we're going to start interviewing these outlaw guys. And Mick, we have a good interview lined up coming up for episode three. We're not going to say who, but we already have them lined up. It's going to be good. And again, we're going to interview every single outlaw on this podcast. We want you to know that. So this is the official podcast of the World of Outlaws, Morton Buildings, Late Model Series, and Dirt Car Racing. Real quick, Mick, you know what I'll be doing this weekend. I'll be on Dirt Vision just like you. Uh, Modoc, Chris Madden going in there with a 25-point lead looking for his second championship. Yeah, it's pretty much his to lose, but um, there's still some good competition, and, and you never know what Strickler might pull off, so... Definitely worth watching there on Dirt Vision next uh, Saturday. Yeah, definitely. So tune in this Saturday to Dirt Vision presented by Dryden. If you can't be at the Modoc Raceway there this Saturday, February 27th, championship for the second season. Chris Madden proving why he's on the champ. As Rick says, there's smoke on the water. Well, let's see if there's smoke on the water this Saturday as Chris Madden 
getting ready to wrap up his second championship as he goes goes in there with a 25-point lead over Kyle Strickler. And just like that, Mick, we are going to be one weekend closer to race day with the most powerful late models on the planet next weekend at Duck River and Smoky Mountain. Yes, I'll be out there. I'll be at Smoky Mountain get to see you in person again. Yes, exactly. And we are going to get some more interviews lined up there. So again, these episodes going to be popping out here. Uh, we might even put two a week. You just never know. Stick Signals, it's going to be awesome. We thank you so much for tuning in to episode two of Stick Signals. Stick Signals.